Welcome to Grief Recovery Now podcast. I'm your host, Charlene Gorzella, your grief recovery specialist. This podcast is being produced just for you, someone who has been challenged and heartbroken over a significant and devastating loss, death, divorce, sudden life change, or the many other ways we experience grief. You will be taken on a conversational journey with me and some special guests who have come out the other side of grief and committed to small, powerful, and courageous steps that made all the difference in their lives for the better. I want to instill in you on what is possible, that joy, hope, peace, and happiness is closer than you think. While your life is forever changed, you can have a beautiful new outlook on your relationships and loss with a sense of completion that goes deep in your soul. Ready, set, now. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. This is Charlene Gorzella, your host today on Grief Recovery Now. Oh, I'm so enthusiastic about our, our podcast today. I have something so different that I thought our listeners would really appreciate. We're going to be talking about grief recovery and animals, animals crossing over, the grief experience, the healing experiences. Well, many of us have gone through, and I don't think we talk about it as, as much as we I don't want to say should. This is such an important subject. There's myths about grief. Sometimes people think they need to do it alone. And sometimes they're afraid to discuss what their grief is and what they're experiencing. And the coulds, the should, the would um, should have said, should have done. I know myself with my dog, Joey, after he died, I had some regrets. Did I not take him out? As simple as did I not take him on as long as walks as I could have? You know, I moved him from Chicago to LA. We were in the bottom of a plane. Is he okay? Did I do enough for him at the end of his life? Did I love him enough? And those things, you know, that unre- that, that are unresolved. And what grief recovery now is all about is coming from unresolved to resolve, incomplete to complete. And we're here to guide you through it. And I thought with this special person, Candy Kane Cooper is just, I don't know her, but I saw her on Facebook or Instagram. And all of a sudden my intuition kicked in and said, I would love to have her on my show. She has a new book out, but I'll get to that in a minute when I introduce her formally on this podcast. And what I wanted to talk about today is animal loss. I had a dog named Joey. And a lot of us have a lot of animals and some we connect with more than others. Not that we're not connected, but for some reason, this dog, Joey, was my soul dog. He was an 85 pound German Shepherd, Pitbull, Ridgeback, maybe even Akita mix. And I found him on a corner of Chicago at 630 in the morning. I was running. That's when I lived in the city of Chicago. I was running one day and there's this dog in the corner. All of a sudden, I... He just looks at me. He was like waiting for someone. And I said, who are you? And he just looked at me and I went, I kept running. And then I came back, he was still there and he was right by a school. And I was like, no one's around. So I took him home to my yard and I said, you know, I, he was by a school and I was afraid, not that he would hurt the children, that the children would tease him or hurt him. So I took him home and it's a long, I'll make a long story short. He was with me for eight years. And then during that eight years moved and then he died from lymphoma. And what's interesting and why I'm so interested in candy 
is that one day I was in the back of my yard and I have this little house, I call it a Zen Den. And I was in this little refrigerator. All of a sudden I felt in the back of my legs, in the back of my knees. And Joey was about that size or height. Mm -hmm. And I felt something rub against the back of my knees. It was palpable. I was, oh my God, I wasn't afraid. I just went, oh my God, is that Joey? And I felt that he visited me. And it was within six months or so or less of him crossing over and transitioning. And I would never forget it because it felt so much. And there's other stories too, but has that ever happened to you? Anyone who's listening, think if you've ever had an experience with one of your beloved animals, you know, and you don't have to think of it right away, just sort of be quiet about it. Or if you just had an animal who passed or is trying to communicate with you in some ways, you know, pay attention to it. You're not going crazy. And um, who can speak about it more than myself is Candy. Candy Kane Cooper is an internationally acclaimed animal communicator. Candy Kane Cooper is an internationally acclaimed animal communicator who has been helping animals and humans all over the planet to coexist in harmony. One of her biggest honors is not only talking about animals beyond the Rainbow Bridge, but also assisting them when it's their time to cross over. She was born with this gift and began talking with the animals when she was a small child. As Candy grew older, her desire to share her gift became overwhelming. It was time to come out and speak for those without a voice. The rest is history. Candy has worked worldwide with thousands of clients for more than two decades. She is a devout vegan, living in compassionate, peaceful lifestyle, a native Californian, born and raised in West Hollywood. Candy currently resides in the San Fernando Valley with her two-legged life partner and all their beloved animals. She's also written a book. It's called The Afterlife of Animals, a guide to healing from loss and communicating with your beloved pet. Welcome, Candy. So happy you're here today. Oh, thank you, Charlene. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on your show today. Me too. You yeah. are, I, I know absolutely, as I said earlier, when I, you were brought to my consciousness, either on Facebook, some kind of social media, I yeah. knew I wanted to talk to you. I just felt such a beautiful spirit inside you. I could see with humankind, you're kind to people. With animal kind, I could tell you're just a beneficial presence on the planet. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh my goodness, thank you. Yes, I was so looking forward to actually conversing with you today and getting into it. You have such a good program and it's an honor to be here. So thank you again. Well, you are so welcome. And I'm so happy and grateful for all who are showing up today and listening from wherever you are in the world. I always yes. say, come as you are. Okay. If you're in extreme grief, welcome. If you are just grieving, just experiencing life, you have great things going on in your life, but there's a piece, some grief that is lingering through you with an animal or, or a human or a beloved Come as you are. That's where we are. Or even if you're striving and just curious in this particular subject, we're just so happy you're here. And we hope you share it with others if this resonates with you. So let's get going. Okay. <laughs> Candy, tell me about how this all started. <clears throat> and what we talk about is like what it was like, what happened, and where you are now. How it all started was my communication with the animals. Is that what you're asking me about? Yeah, just, yeah, how when you started, I know you started young, 
Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Sure, sure. Uh, it started when I was very young because I've basically born, I hate to say with this gift, but people use that terminology. So I'll go ahead and throw that in there. I was, oh, I was just born this way. Hearing the animals, for me, it's just as simple as you and I talking right now. It's really, there's no real effort that I have to put into it. So I don't have to go into a trance or look at my crystal ball or put on my purple cape. It's just the way that it is. <laughs> and uh, when I was younger, I didn't really think much about it. Uh, I mean, I grew up in Hollywood, so there wasn't really much wildlife in the area. Um, I, when I was younger, I'd go to Hancock Park, which is the La Brea Tar Pits. And I bring home everything I could find there, squirrels, turtles, frogs, anything. My, my mom was very accommodating and let me, you know, take care of whatever a rabbit one time I brought home. She let me take care of a wild rabbit in our house. And then as I got older, I started to realize that I was a little bit different. People weren't really... I'd be sitting, talking to the animals. My friends would kind of look at me. Of course, my close friends knew about this, but didn't really pay much attention to it. And as I got a little bit older, I started to pretty much just take it inward because you want to fit in as a teenager. And growing up in Hollywood, I was all about fitting in and putting on the best presence possible at that age. And I kind of put it on the back burner. I mean, it was something that I always had, but didn't really talk about it anymore. I just talked with my own animals that I, you know, currently was caretaking of. And as I got older, it started, the pressure started to build inside of me that I had to do something with the little beautiful intro that you read. I, I had to do something with this. And I decided at one point in my life to do hypnotherapy. And it was my mentor that actually said to me, what are you doing? Go home, hypnotize your horse and come back. And then I want to hear what you have to say. Because I had discussed with him about my communicating with the animals. And we did some pretty cool things in hypnosis, uh, opening up my mind and it just all kinds of things that will be with me forever, advanced kind of uh, work in the subconscious area. And that night I went home, I hypnotized my horse zero at the time. And it was amazing. And he talked to me and he was like, why, what are you doing this? You need to help the animals. You know, you need to be doing this mom. And I went back and I said, you know what? <laughs> Profession has changed now. Forget the humans. I'm working with the animals. And, you, and that's how it began professionally. So you, oh yeah. Professionally you with humans before. Just in hypnotherapy, in hypnosis. Oh, hypnotherapy. Okay. Yes, yes, hypnotherapy. Not, uh, of course, I do have to say, probably I was cheating a little bit because I was reading their minds. Even though I don't professionally do my work currently with any humans in that area, but it does, it does cross over, does cross over. So you had these naturally born gifts. Yes. And then you had to cultivate them. But, yes. and I don't know how you got into hypnosis, but <laughs> I don't either. Huh? I don't either. It just pulled me. It just pulled me in. Right. It's part of your mosaic yeah. life that right. you're pulled to it. And then you're able to use it in the future in a more expanded way, more than you would have thought, I would think. 
Right. Like when I do a session, when I any or any of my clients or future clients that are listening, when I do a session, I do a little bit of a light induction with the human. I, I don't really need it for me to communicate because the connection is immediate but it helps them to get into the right mindset, relax. We do some breathing exercises, which I know you're aware of all of that. And then once they're in the zone where I can bring them into my world, then we start talking to the animal. So I do still use it a little bit in that way. Although I promise I won't make anybody cluck like a chicken after our session, I promise. (laughs) Only if you don't like them. No, I'm kidding. Don't look at my eyes. That's danger. Danger. Don't look at the eyes. Yeah. They start spinning. So how did you, well, first of all, I want to ask you a question my boyfriend asked and I don't want, he asked, do they have a certain language and are different animals, do they have different languages? Like we do, I would think this is what he meant. Like maybe if you lived in Mexico or you live in France, do they have different ways of communicating to you? And if, and what is it like? Well, when I hear, when I speak with each animal, it's very unique, just like you and I are individual, have our own tonality. Each animal sounds very different. And it also gives me an insight into the personality because of the way they speak. And some of them are very outgoing and very funny. Most of the animals are so funny. I mean, I spend about 80% of my time laughing. Even when they're on the other side, we're laughing because they're, they've got great sense of humor. And then some of them are a little more introverted and you know, a little shy. So it takes a little bit of warming up, but I do hear it in English. It, 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 it transverse, transcends, whatever you want to use into the English language for me. Uh, because I do speak with animals all over the world. I have had, uh, I had a horse uh, one time speak in Spanish to me. Uh, He was from Mexico. Uh, He was a wild Mustang. And then I had uh, another client of mine. It's a longtime client of mine. Van Fu is in France. And then one time he just starts speaking in French. And I was like, Van Fu, I'm uh, no parlez-vous français. I don't know what you're saying. And then he was switched. And then I, it went right back into English. So for, for some reason, when I'm communicating with them, it comes back into something that I can comprehend. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Do they have moods? Like, let's say if an animal is grieving or very happy. I went to an animal communicator one time. Okay. I just got a, a shelter dog. Uh-huh. And she said, you know what? Your dog, Eddie, he can teach a class on happiness. <laughs> I was like, that is great. But do, do they sometimes, let's say an animal is from a shelter and they mm-hmm. come to you and you don't know their background. Do they have a, their own grieving process? Or oh, they absolutely. Out or can you oh, explain? yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are, honestly, they're no different than you and I. In fact, I think they're a little more complicated because they deal with the true emotion. There's no ego. So they go from straight from the heart all the time. That's why the animals are always honest. And I do have to say this thing of unconditional love. Yeah, I'll throw that out the window. I don't know why humans think all animals are like that. That is not true. They hold a grudge. They remember. They'll can, they can be mad at you for something that happened a long time ago. And they can forgive you or they cannot forgive you. And also when I'm working with animals on the other side, like you were saying earlier, people want to apologize for things that maybe they didn't do 
properly in their mind. And sometimes the animals are like, well, that's okay. I understand now. Thank you. I forgive you. And sometimes they're, well, that really sucked. And that really hurt me. And I don't know. We're going to have to work on that. I had no idea. Yeah. It's not always this unconditional. I don't know who made that up, but that's not true. (laughs) No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I always experience the dogs or cats or whatever. They're so like you come home. Well, I guess maybe I've never had an animal mad at me. I hope not. (laughs) Probably not. But I mean, you can see their moods. I mean, I read, I I have clients that I read for some of them almost every single day. They check in with me. Uh, I have a lot of clients like that. They're so devoted to their animals. And for me, it's such a joy because I really share their animal every day in my life. So I, I know them like the back of my hand, like my own animals that I caretake. So it's fun to see their moods every day, you know, pace them. How do they feel? What do they want today? Some of these animals are professional uh, competitors and some of them are just house cats. So it's nice to have the humans that are so committed to being that connected. And, and, and it's almost like an addiction because I mean, because they have me and they know they can just message me and one, two, three, I connect and well, they think this or they think that today. That's what's going on. I had a client today um, and I hope you don't mind if you're listening. Uh, she's in Israel and she was worried because her cat was a little indifferent to her today and was showing a little more affection towards her husband. And so she felt a little slighted by, <laughs> by that. Oh, there's my puppies. And when I talked to the cat, the cat was like, no, I, I feel fine today. I just want to show daddy a little more loving. That's it. So she was responding off her own insecurities, putting it on the cat, thinking something was wrong with the cat. But in reality, it just wanted to give daddy a little more attention today. That was it. Isn't that something? Yeah, something so simple as that. And we bring, it's a relationship, right? So we bring our filters into the relationship. And our ego. Yes. I love what you said. They're true emotions. No ego. No ego. They always tell the truth. Always speak the truth. I mean, I had one client and had an unfortunate ending, left her dog in the car. She thought just for a half an hour meeting. And uh, when she came back, she had to rush it to the hospital. It was too hot, which we all know you can never, ever, ever leave your dog or any animal in the car. I'm sorry. And uh, he had to be euthanized. And uh, we spoke with him on the other side. I knew it was going to be a hard one. Mm -hmm. And he he didn't want to talk to her. He wouldn't talk to her. Yeah, just wouldn't talk to her. He talked to me. He told me all about how he felt. He said, please don't have her contact me ever again. I do not want to talk to her. That was it. She did. She, I'm sorry to say, he died at her hands. And why would he want to talk to her? No forgiving on that part. How are you? That's heavy. (laughs) That's heavy. Yeah. How do you work? Because you're working with your client. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. How did you walk her through that? It was just like big, hard lesson to learn. How would you walk your client through that? Through the I always speak the truth. I'm tough because my presence here is just a channel or vessel for the animal's voice. So I don't care if they like me or don't like me. Uh, every, a lot of people love me and a lot of people don't like me. I'm banned from a lot of 
<laughs> a lot of barns. I work with a lot of horses because they tattle on the trainers and the grooms and the this and the that. And they don't like it because we always know what's happening, right? But then by the same token, a lot of places love me and I'm welcome with open arms because I can help them have much better relationship with all their animals. But that's how I deal with it. I, and I always tell new clients, I always speak the truth. So be ready and nothing is sugar-coated here because it's straight from the animal's mouth. I have no idea what they're going to say. And when we're in session, I'm just basically speaking it as I hear their voice. I don't stop to think about it. I mean, I'm reading and it's just like you and I, and I'm talking and I'm talking for them. and I'm just speaking for them. So I really don't even know what I'm going to say in the next 30 seconds. So you're a very intuitive communicator, animal communicator. I hear their voice. Yeah, I just hear their voice. I repeat it. Oh, what was one of the most difficult, well, leaving a car, a dog in a car, that's, that's horrifying. That was a bad, that was a bad reading for me. It was hard, but by the same token, I was angry too. I mean, she was, she wanted forgiveness. I can give it to her because the dog wouldn't do it. And I'm not going to give it to her. If the dog's not going to do it, how can I give it to her? I can't just to learn to live with that one. Yeah. Yeah. What would you suggest though? I guess that's my area of expertise is dealing with the human part. It's like, let's say I get a client. Yes. Who's had this experience who can't get over it has just seen you. <clears throat> right. And the animal's not forgiving her. Yeah, I'm sending you a lot of my clients, humans. <laughs> like I said, I'm tough. I'm tough. I'm a tough because, you know, it comes through me and then it leaves me. So it's not like I take it in at night and I just stew over all this. I mean, it's beautiful. On the other hand, it's so beautiful because I have so many beautiful experiences. So working with another client uh, yesterday in Australia has five Great Danes on the other side. Oh my God. And I've worked with her for about 10 years, just show dogs. And we were just cracking up. The dogs were hysterical and they happened to be on the other side with a bunch of bunny rabbits. And uh, the human caretaker, she said, well, you know, I don't have that many years here left. So I'll be coming soon to be with all of you. And the oldest, the, the matron of the dogs on the other side, uh, her name is winter. She said, uh, well, you need to get a bunny rabbit now and practice because when you get here, you're taking over and you're going to take care of all the bunny rabbits for me. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. So there really is a rainbow bridge. Oh, there really is. Yes, there really is another side. I'm there almost every single day. Honestly, I, I travel there every, pretty much every single day to work. Yeah. How is that for you, uh, your philosophy? For some people, it's so hard to let go on the physical form and the physical void that occurs when you have a, a beloved animal, pet, whatever yes. you would call them, or family member. Well, that's How what I tried to do in my book. That's why I tried to like write like a little handbook to try, you know, of my thoughts on that subject. Because like we were saying before, you know, you just move forward. You don't you don't ever get over it. That hole in your heart. I have, I mean, I'm surprised I drink a glass of water. It doesn't come out of me. I have so many holes in my heart from all my animals. But uh, for me, my best advice, you know, the, of course, the humans ask me that. I mean, I am compassionate. I don't want you to think I'm 
you know, cruel or anything like that. But, you know, I do work with them and try to work in that mindset because it's, I feel like it's a parallel reality or universe running beside us. And I just kind of come over and come back and come over and come back. And I'm fortunate that it's that easy for me. I do a lot of assisted uh, where I escort the animal across the rainbow bridge, but then I always come back. But it's a beautiful place. And every time I go there, the animals are in different, you know, areas doing different things. No pain, of course, because they don't have their bodies anymore. They're just pure energy. And they travel back. They visit their human caretakers all the time. Like you were saying, I'm sure that was your dog. If you called me, if I'd say, yes, you definitely felt your boy that day against the back of your legs. You know, they try to communicate with us as best they can. But it also depends on how open the human is to, to seeing it and taking it in. So, it, you know, it's, it's the balance, you know, it's the balance. Yes. Someone yeah. once told me when my dog was transitioning and he had lymphoma, mm-hmm. so the first year was all these chemotherapy. And the next part, I ran into this doctor, medical doctor, human doctor, who was a holistic guy. And he was very certified and holistic. One of the few working with humans, right? Well, I met him on a plane and I told him about my dog and he's very health and herbs, yes. all that kind of stuff. And so I got, to, I stopped chemo and had my dog on herbs for a year. Oh, okay. Someone told me, they go, they're not going to let go until you're ready. Is that true? They hang <laughs> on for you. And is there a way a human, you know, where you sometimes see dogs, you're like, please let the dog go. And the human doesn't want to let go. I can't believe you're asking me this question. <laughs> Why? Oh, yeah, I get asked this all the time. And part of my job is to let the human know when the animal is ready, they know when they want to go. And they're like, well, can't they just, can't they just go already? Like, can't they just give up? No. Can you do that? I don't know any human that can do that. They can only go when the body is ready to quit. Mm-hmm. Okay. They can't like flick it off like a switch. Mm-hmm. So I get very angry <laughs> personally when the humans ask me that, because I feel that's selfish on their part. They just want the animal to do it for them. So they don't have to deal with it. Honestly, that's how I look at it. After, I'm sorry to say, after all my years and all of you that are listening, I hope I haven't offended anybody. But if you think about it, that's kind of what you're looking for your animal to do. Take the burden off of you. Do not expect that to happen. If your animal needs to be assisted to cross over, you know, do the right thing honor their existence and relieve them of the pain. It's very painful, especially when it's a long dragged out uh, illness like cancer. Uh, Sometimes they do want to fight to stay a little longer. I've had a couple animals tell me they want to stay a week or two or they request a party. And who they want to attend. And then the next day they want to be euthanized, which is pretty cool. They're not afraid of crossing over. They know all about the other side. It's as natural for them as the next day sun coming up. There's no fear. It's all in our head. So no, they don't hold on for you. That's the answer to your question. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. And I did that with my 
my Joey, people said, you'll absolutely know. And I'm on the same thought process as you. I don't want them to suffer right. needlessly. It's like, but people used to tell me, I was like, do I, don't I, do I, don't You did I. the right thing. You did the honorable thing in respecting him, letting him go. And get I'm quiet. sure he's very happy. Oh, yeah. And I got quiet. And I said, I will absolutely know. I just put it out there. I'll know absolutely. Yeah. And and so I did it. It was the most beautiful, as we talked about earlier, the most beautiful, so beautiful. sacred and horrible thing I've ever been through. It's the, I, and if, when people are afraid to be present, I always try to talk them into it. And afterwards, they always message me. I'm so grateful I was there. I'm so thankful that I talked to you and that you gave me the courage or I'll be on the phone with them while the animal's transitioning. You know, with COVID, I can't do in person right now. But, you know, I'll, you know, be there in spirit with them and the animal and, you know, message, we're here, we made it, we're safe. And it's a relief. It's a big relief for everybody, for everybody. Mm -hmm. What's it like, like, if you were to tell people, because I know <laughs> the grieving process starts during the time when you know the animal's going to transition, mm -hmm. the uncertainty, the already grieving of the loss and picturing your life without them. And just to me, it was not even picturing. It's the heart thing, you know, right. That there is going to be a huge, huge void in your life. Right. What would you, I, what I did with couple of my animals is I guess they were euthanized. I looked into their eyes and I saw their light, last flicker of light. That's what I did. What would you suggest people do when they are with their animal and they've get to bear witness to their last breath, even though they're under drugs, but all of a sudden you just sort of know they're gone. Well, I think you just said it, Charlotte. I think you just said it. You already know. You already know. And if you have to think about it, you already know. You already know. There's no particular sign. I mean, sometimes when I'm in session and the animal is ill, they'll say a lot of times, if I can't get up, please let me go. You know, they have a fear of being, I do have to say, they have a fear of being trapped in their body where they can't move the animal. <clears throat> like a lot of times if an animal's paralyzed or something, the caretaker will keep them going, carry them around. A lot of times they, they really, is, that's not what they wished were happening. It's, it's scary to them to not be in control of their body. And, uh, or, you know, if they can't go to the bathroom on their own, or sometimes even if they're blind, it just depends on the animals. Certain animals deal better with certain um, disabilities. Mm. So, you know, I, I, if, you, if you can't call me for a session to talk to your animal to find out their exact wishes, I'm going to say, if you have that thought in your head, you already know that it's time. Oh, so that's a good clue. If you're right. thinking about it, it's probably time. Okay, good, yeah. good clue for yeah. thought. Yeah. And I have a whole section in my book. I wrote it way longer, but my editor cut it down because <laughs> where, you know, I warn about traveling, going away. If you have an animal that's on the decline, you know, don't set yourself up for that emergency phone call when you're, you know, 10 hours away in another continent. Don't put yourself in that position. You don't have to. You just think forward, think ahead. Or, you know, maybe you might want to let your animal be set free before you have to travel if it's something you cannot uh, put off because you certainly do not want to be that far away when it's time or get the phone call that they crossed over and you weren't even there. That guilt is going to be pretty hard to live with. Wow. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
but it can be avoided, but people don't want to think about it. So, so you think if you have a very ill animal and you know, <clears throat> you discuss, it's going to be terminal for sure. They're not going to have a quality of life. And if you're going away, would you say to do it beforehand, before you leave? Is that what you're saying? Or you have them with a good caretaker, someone who loves them and just let them go and say goodbye at that time if it is? Or Well, I think you have to weigh it out. In my book, in the very first chapter, I talk about a longtime client of mine, Leanne Murray. That's their real names. And she is a uh, world famous choreographer, travels all over the world. And Murray had been sick for eight years. I've been working with him eight years. Can you imagine fighting all kinds of different, so many things thrown at this dog? He's so stoic and so tough and loves her so much. And he never, ever wanted to give up all this time. It was unbelievable. And she had got, uh, was going to get on a new show and she was going to have to travel and go live in New York for like three or four months. And Murray made the decision. He said, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I know you have to go. I don't, I don't want to be with the caretaker. I don't want to be in doggy daycare. I don't want to go to the emergency room anymore. It's time. And she was as shocked as I was. <laughs> That was probably one of the hardest days of my career because I worked with this dog for eight years and her. So we're very close, you know, and calls in the middle of the night and just everything. And I've always been there for, for both of them, but he was ready. And she's like, I can't believe it. This is going to happen. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's going to happen. And we had a beautiful transition with the vet was there. I was there. She was there. It was the most again, intimate moment that I've ever spent with him. And I talk to him all the time. In fact, I'm having another session with him on Sunday. I talk with him all the time on the other side and, and his human caretaker. And it's beautiful. Oh, wow. So I think you're part of the community <clears throat> while they're alive, but also you help with the grieving process and keeping the, the relationship alive. Does eventually it tapers off or is it just so fresh so you do it when it's a fresh transition or can you explain like how long has it been since the since animal been gone? Uh, yeah. It'll be a, it'll, it was, it'll be a year and a half since he's crossed over this one in particular. Uh, but I mean, I have clients for 20 years, every uh, on the anniversary of the animals crossing, we have a session. I mean, I have people that speak to their animals every week with me on the other side that have crossed well, over a long time ago or just last week. I have people that contact me. I can be in a session and then maybe one of their animals that they had when they were younger comes into the session. And then we have a whole new conversation going with their long lost pony or their uh, little pet uh, bunny rabbit when they were a child or you just never know who's gonna show up when you're over there. Oh, you're right because I could be calling for Joey just for example. Yes. Right. And then all of a sudden my cat Misha could show up or somebody. It's just a channel that has. That's opened. right. Once I'm there, once we're there and it's open. And then I always explain to them at the beginning, if it's a new client, because sometimes the humans come in too. And like, if there's somebody you don't want to talk to, it's not a big deal. We, I've never had like a bad, scary entity. People ask about that. They're a little worried. Like once you open that door, I always say that's for the science fiction movies. I've, I've never had a bad experience and thousands of times I've been over there. 
And so, yeah. And if you don't want to speak to a particular animal or human, we just ask them politely and, and they, they check out there. They're not going to disturb, you know, unless, you know, you want to communicate with them, but you'd be surprised. I had one time a gal's great grandmother show up into our session. We was talking to her little poodle that was on the other side. Oh, that is so yeah, so sweet. Yeah. Because right. I see there, I see their face. I'm like, who is this woman? She looks like this. Her name sounds like this. Who is this person? Or who is this animal? Oh, that is beautiful. I'm so happy to do this podcast because there's so many ways of healing. Yes, so many. recovering through loss. And sometimes I don't even think of it as loss. It's just expanding. It's, it's life. It's life. It's life. of more than you think, because it's not all what's in front of our faces. Not at it's all. This, like you said, this beyond the veil, beyond the realm of this physical. That's right. That is part of recovery, if that is where you're drawn to. Or Right, right. Some people don't want to communicate once their animal crosses over. Uh, you know, uh, that's fine, too. If you're fine, you don't have to. People say, you know, do you talk to your animals all the time? Me personally, because I have so many on the other side, especially because I, I have my rescue. So, you know, those animals already come in a very debilitated state, unfortunately. And a lot of times it's just hospice till they can be, you know, euthanized. And uh, no, I don't really bother them that much because, you know, they're happy. I know they're happy. Uh, they're good. I mean, once in a while I check in with them, but because you can, <laughs> because I can, <laughs> okay, because I can, but it is, yeah. It yeah, it's like, because I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with it in my heart. I'm at peace with it in my heart. I am. Yeah. This beautiful gift that <laughs> oh, I wish we all, and it seems like we can do it. I think, do, do you think we all have the capacity to touch base with our crossover pets? Well, I have some exercises I put in my book to kind of open up your sixth sense or your third eye, so to speak. I don't think that, because people ask me all the time, you know, would I teach this? And um, I'm like, be very, leery, be, be very leery if somebody wants to teach you to be an animal communicator. Uh, because I, I feel like it has to come from within. It really isn't anything that can be taught, but you can open up to it to be more susceptible to feeling, hearing, seeing, you know, all, all the senses, which I go through, you know, all the uh, cl clairvoyant, clairaudience, clairsentient, you know, all of the clairs in my book. And when you read about that, you're like, oh, yeah, I never really thought about that. But, you know, sometime you might be in the house and you smell something. And it's like, that smells like grandpa's cigar. Well, you know, grandpa's probably visiting you then. That's what you're, that's what you're experiencing. It's not just a memory. Well, it's triggering your memory, but it's real. It's real. He's there. You might not be able to see him or hear him like I can, but maybe you smell his cigar or, you know, your mom's perfume or something, you know? Yeah. Is that yeah. sort of like just a hello? Nothing more than that? Just, hi, I'm here. Do you think they want to communicate something or is it just like, hi, I just want to say hi. It can be. I don't know unless I talk to them, but it can be just a hello. It could be a very heavy duty message. Uh, you know, when I'm in session, my clients and the humans come in. 
what does my, you know, husband want to tell me? What does my daughter want to tell me? What does my grandma want to tell me? And sometimes they have a lot to say. They really do like a lot of guidance and that I don't mind doing that. I don't mind working with the humans in that arena because it's just there. I'm not going to, I'm not going to not share something like that. You know, I don't take humans on per se to do that in a session, but if it comes about naturally, I'm down a hundred percent for that to express whatever their loved ones want to share always. That's beautiful. Yeah. Here's a subject that's maybe it's part of grief recovery or maybe it's not. Okay. Think about reincarnation. Mm. Animals come back in a different form in an animal. Would you say? I just had somebody send me an email today for a session and said, can you make my animal reincarnate for me? (laughs) It was so cute. You're all powerful candy. (laughs) I said, I wish. Yeah. Right. No. Um, And again, Great question, Charlene. I get asked that all the time. Uh, Is this my dog from, you know, 20 years ago? Is this my cat that I lost last month? People seem to think, oh, there's something in that animal that reminds me of the animal that they lost. Personally, I have not ever met a reincarnated animal. But again, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. I, I, I don't know. I know the energy comes in of the animal that you had and visits all the time, but do they go into another uh, life form? I'm not quite sure. I had an experience sort of like that. And I talked about it in depth on, I did an interview on uh, awaken.com a couple months ago, and it's on my YouTube channel. If they want to hear about it, a kind of a personal experience like that, where uh, I saw a horse that was in a vision but then when I met him, he told me he was a Shumash Indian chief, but then he vanished. So I can't really say he was reincarnated because his physical, his physical form didn't stay once we finished our conversation. So oh. I'm thinking it was more like a vision than a reincarnation. Okay. I yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I was at a horse ranch, so he came as a horse. He couldn't be standing there in his <laughs> Shumash regalia in the middle of the horse ranch. I'm sure he would have been noticed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this is so, oh, I just love it. I could talk to you forever. Yes. What, what happens when someone can't get over? There's a lot of people who live alone or yes. they're, they're single and the animal has gone through so much with this, them. Yes. And you've experienced yourself. And they can't move on. And they just seem stuck. It's affecting areas of their lives that, that debilitate them. Or yes. there is like a, a, a chronic underneath depression going on. Yes. And it's actually grief. What would you suggest someone who just can't let go? Yeah. It, again, I always tell them it's not a matter of letting go because you have to take the pain in. You have to be tough. It hurts. The more you love, the stronger you love, the deeper you love, the stronger it's going to hurt, the deeper it's going to cut. That's for sure. It's the balance. You can't have one without the other. It's, you don't get it. It's not a free ride. But I, I agree with you. Some people do have some severe issues. And I feel that sometimes 
It's the depression issue might be washed over onto the loss of the animals. And a lot of times I refer them to a mental health care providers that I network with to try to deal with. I think sometimes it's a deeper issue. I'm not saying that if you're suffering depression because your animal transitioned that you need a mental health care provider. I'm not saying that at all. But sometimes if it's that debilitating where you can't function I think it overlaps and can be used as, what am I trying to say? Um, where the emotion isn't clear where it's coming from, the depression. The animal's loss contributed to it, but yet I do think they might need a little bit more of a professional uh, guidance than just me talking with them and their animal on the other side can provide. So I do a lot of referral in that area. Oh, that's great. So yeah. it's like we had talked about, you have clients that may yes. not are in the grieving process. That's not your specialty. You'll refer. And if I have someone who's just lost an animal and or behavior right. or whatever, send them to you. We're all in this together. Right. We have to work together. Right. It is there isn't just one one cure-all answer for it. But again, if someone is so debilitated where they can't function, get up, work, not eating, that type of depression that's serious. And, yeah. you know, they should seek professional help for that. Yeah. And like you said, yeah. it could be go- ongoing even before the animal or during right. the animal. And, and it just triggered it and then accelerated it. It's like the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. So and speak. The, yeah. And the beloved animal is like a healing tool. Yeah. Especially with COVID right now. I mean, our animals are, are so sacred to us right now. I, what would we do without them right now? What would we do without them? They're such a great support system. I agree totally. Now, you have so much information. You have your YouTube channel, your book, Afterlife of Animals, a guide to healing from loss and communicating with your beloved pet. What a beautiful book. And just looking at the table of contents, it's just so nice to know that there's a place you can go. And thank you. I tried to make it very helpful. I've, I've been just honestly, I've been so, my mind is just, blown away. I mean, I wrote it from my heart as my first book. And um, I just the comments and all the reviews, it, it just means the world to me that, that it's been able to help so many people. I just didn't have any idea. I'm just, you know, writing me candy, my experiences, my clients, just putting it out there. Yeah, I was a little nervous. <laughs> but well, I- that's beautiful. That's, I'm excited. You know, I, I just, you're a great storyteller. Thank you. I didn't get to read the book all throughout, but I'm, it's right here. It's just, you have questions and answers and stories. Yeah. Read a little bit of everything. Yeah. You'll be crying. You'll be laughing. Yeah. You do a great job and it's just Thank a you. easy read Thank and uh, very compassionate and very thorough. And Thank it's, you. As I said, what I love is a book that's easy read, I can relate to, and I usually can, I learn so much from stories and your experiences with your clients, the, the human. Yeah. And then- They're all true stories, you know, of course the names had to be changed, but uh, you know, my next book I'm planning for next year is going to be just uh, story after story after story uh, with my sessions, because there's always like a little, or sometimes a big, learning experience at the end of each session, you know, some type of little enlightenment. 
And um, I, I can't wait to do that because when, like you said, when you read the story and you're like, I relate to that or yeah, that, that resonates with me. I, that, that's me. Yeah. I mean, what better than that to just to know you're not alone. You're not alone. We're all in this together. Yes. And it's great because you and I are both professionals, right? And then you read the stories that you're sharing from your experiences, you know, your clients experience strength and hope. Yeah. And then you read stories. And I'm a big proponent to peer to peer. Like when I hear someone telling their story, I somehow can relate. And it's so healing for me. And that's yes. part of recovery. I'm not alone. You're not alone. No, we're not. None of us are alone. And you're not weird. And, you know, like I write in my book, don't feel embarrassed because you're grieving and people are like, it's just an animal. Get over it. You know, you know, that's what they're thinking. Or go get another dog already because people can be cruel. Not everybody is compassionate or empathetic, but you have to be strong and brave and show, show you're grieving. Wear it like a badge. Go ahead. Be proud of it is what I say. That's fun. Cry. Just start crying in public if you don't feel good. That's all right. You don't have to be embarrassed. There's nothing wrong with that. I cry every day. I laugh too, but I also cry. What do you cry about? Oh my gosh. My sessions. <laughs> They're so moving. They're so moving. And they touch me in such a way. Um, again, yesterday I had a couple of very moving sessions and uh, my client was thanking her, her animal on the other side for showing her how to be a better human. Right. And you know what the dog said to her? He said to her, you, he said, you had this in you all along. All I did was show you where to find it. So I'm going to cry again. That is so beautiful. Beautiful. The beloved animal pet, family member, whatever you call it, said you had it in you all along. I just helped you find it within yourself. What a great way to end this podcast. <laughs> I am so happy you were on the show today. I oh, can me too. for hours and we're going to have you back on. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. I'd love to come on and maybe we can do a live reading with your I dog. Love it. Hey, I have my Eddie, my boyfriend, Steve. We're like seeing how co-mingle animals. I have a dog and cat that for we'll talk with your one on the other side. Pardon? We'll talk with your animal that crossed over. Oh, Joey, too. Joey. And I yes. up here who are living on earth today, I need help for. Family. It'll be a family affair. That would be fun. I would love for them all to meet. Eddie, meet Joey on the other <laughs> side. And I'm sure Joey's, well, Joey's already visited you, so I'm sure he knows your other animals quite well already. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's yeah. nice to know and hear. Thank you. Oh, and you're welcome. Listening, I hope you appreciated what we have here today with Candy and what a special being. And that's my goal is to bring different light to the subject of grief. And as one thing, besides some of the lessons today, again, when you are in grief recovery and you're showing up for the feelings and getting out of the intellectual in the heart, this is moving forward and not moving on. The experience will forever be in your DNA, the love you've had. And like you said, the deeper the love, the deeper the cut sometimes. And you know what? We're not here to take away the love. We're here to expand the experience for you and the life lessons that you can so beautifully get from it. And Handy, I have all your information. You have a YouTube channel, which is great. I hope you have a TV show one day. 
And your book and then another one coming out, your website, how to get in touch with Candy. Maybe one day you'll have a podcast. I would love for you to have that. It'll be fun to, if your clients would ever share their experience, strength, and hope with all of us too. But um, you are a delight. And any last words? Thank you. Uh, No, uh, well, uh, my last words are, don't be afraid to show your scars, wear them like a badge. Be proud because that means you love that deep. Beautiful. Thank you, everybody who listened today. Candy, thank you. I'm thank you. Grateful. <laughs> I have someone new in my life that you know, got to um, bring your special ingredients into this Grief Recovery Now podcast. Please share this podcast. Please share Grief Recovery Now. Buy Candy's book, Afterlife of Animals. It's awesome. It's such a beautiful read. As I said, I didn't read it all, but I tell you, I got some great nuggets already because we decided like two weeks ago. Oh, and I just started up a a special Facebook page for my book uh, that we're going to have uh, uh, group meetings on Facebook, live group meetings with just the private group there. So if they get a chance, they can, I have two Facebook pages my regular one, and then my Candy uh, King Cooper Animal Communicator page, but then they'll see it. I made a boo-boo and I spelled it wrong. So you look for the picture of my book, and then you'll know you found the right, the right page. And come join that. And then, we're, like I said, we're going to have group discussions with people just in our group from, that have read the book with your questions and stuff. And I'll be live too. And also, I'm going to have some uh, special guests with me from the book. Some of my clients join in the Zoom podcast. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so yeah. Facebook, a Facebook group. We'll have all that. So send me yes. a lot okay. of it. The, this additional stuff will be great. Yeah. Okay, everybody. We have the holiday season coming upon us. Thanksgiving and Christmas. Hope you all have a great, safe one. And may And with COVID and all that, I hope... This one will be very different, but let's make it as loving as possible because there's gifts in everything. What we may think are losses could be gifts, the gift of simplicity in life. And then next year will be a whole total different holiday. <laughs> right. we hope. Happy and healthy. And thank you. Okay, we'll see you guys next time. Peace, love, harmony. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Candy. Thank you for joining our Grief Recovery Now journey. Okay, so like Charlie, what you heard? Yeah, I, it would be the <laughs> biggest compliment to our mission oh, if you would so please good. subscribe, rate, and review point, Grief Recovery like, Now on Apple Podcasts. Questions. And we'll keep you posted oh on our next podcast. Well, that's great. If no, you don't have Apple, you, you we are Leo? also on Spotify, Google, Aries. Stitcher, <laughs> and other podcast platforms. Also, please join our private Facebook group, Grief Recovery Now. And if you are in need of any personal attention, please contact me with the link on this podcast uh, page, which is griefrecoverymethod.com forward slash GRMS forward slash Charlene dash Gorzella. It would be an honor to hear from you.